This is episode 25 of Kicker and the Waterboy, and we have one question. Why is the Capstone Building red tonight? Maybe they're commemorating our 25th episode. Here we go. Yep, that's definitely it. Anyway, welcome to episode 25. Thank you all for tuning in, and we hope you had an amazing week. Yep, uh, a little congratulations to us. I mean, it's a little weird way of saying it, but we made it to episode 25, and that's honestly a little bit more than I expected. So, uh, cheers to us. Absolutely. And we forgot to mention this last week, but happy November, everyone. You know, let's just jump right into NFL summaries. Uh, I'll get us started, actually, uh, with the Thursday night game, the Packers 34, the 49ers 17. Uh, the Pack, they made short work of a 49ers team that somehow had more people out of this game than Momi made them, nicknamed them the 39ers a few weeks ago. I guess now they're the 29ers. Yeah, I guess so. Next game was Broncos 27, Falcons 34. Despite their best efforts, the Falcons did not blow their 21-point fourth-quarter lead and are now 3-6 and six on the season. Yep, winning streak for them. Uh, let's see. Let's go to a different game. Bills 44, Seahawks 34. Josh Allen and the Bills offense had been struggling recently, but they were firing on all cylinders this week. Yep, Titans beat the Bears 24-17. Tennessee survived a fourth-quarter comeback and are now back in first place in the AFC South. Uh, that they are. Uh, let's go to another AFC South team. Ravens 24, Colts 10. The Ravens won, but the best part of this one was Philip Rivers' attempt at tackling Chuck Clark on an interception return. He fell over before he got there, and then he still tried to make the play by reaching up with his hands half-heartedly. It did not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chiefs barely beat the Panthers 33-31, and the story in this game was the Panthers' kicking. Gamecock punter Joseph Charlton completed his first ever pass on a fake punt, and Joey Sly had a chance to win it on a 67-yard field goal, which unfortunately went wide right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Vikings 34, Lions 20. Let Dalvin Cook for the second straight week. Cook went off for over 225 yards and scored two times. Wow. Uh, Giants beat the football team 23-20. This game was best summarized on an Antonio Gibson fumble that went through the hands of six different players who tried to recover it and was somehow lost by the referees. Yeah, I would recommend watching that. We can't describe it well enough, but uh, (laughs) really crazy. Um, More AFC South action. Texans 27, Jaguars 25, Jake Luton's uh, Luton. I'm I'm not 100% on that. He had his first NFL start. He was not bad at all, and the Jaguars, they had a chance to tie the game late on a two-point conversion. Uh, they were unable to do so. Raiders beat the Chargers 31-26. The Chargers thought they'd won the game on a touchdown with no time left, but a replay review correctly reversed the call and gave Vegas the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers 24, Cowboys 19, and for the first time in franchise history, the Steelers are perfect halfway through the year. Wow. Congratulations to them. The Dolphins beat the Cardinals 34-31. 
Tua Tagovailoa had a great performance in the desert, and the Dolphins looked like a completely different team. Don't look now, but they've won four games in a row. Uh, and then Sunday night, uh, Saints 38, Buccaneers 3. An amazing first half for the Saints quickly reminded everyone who's in the driver's seat in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. And then Patriots-Jets is the game going on tonight. Ryan, what are your predictions? Um, earlier this week, I predicted the Patriots to uh, win and win handily. However, because um, because I need this in my fantasy matchup for the Patriots to allow a lot of points on defense, I'm going to go with the uh, the Jets to keep it close, but the Patriots to win. That is my changed prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I haven't really been doing well with these predictions lately, <laughs> but um, my guess will be that it will be close, like you said, but the Patriots will win. Mm-hmm. That game is kicking off right now, actually, uh, 8.20 on Monday evening. So let's hop into the games that have already happened. Uh, let's get started with the Bills, who beat the Seahawks 44-34. to Is this that statement win that everyone talks about that the Bills needed? Absolutely, I think it is. Seahawks are a very strong team. Um, and to beat them is, I think it's the win the Bills needed. Yeah, I'd say so. The The Seahawks, they've been phenomenal. And the fact that the Bills were able to beat them in a shootout game, that tells you a lot about their uh, their offense and just how good that they'll be moving forward in a uncharacteristically weak division. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. In the past three games, Russell Wilson has turned the ball over six times. Is he still the MVP frontrunner? Hmm. Um, I personally do not think so. Um, he's had a bad two weeks, bad being relative, because he's still thrown a bunch of touchdowns. However, I think that the the interceptions that have that he has thrown has allowed a couple of other people to creep closer into that conversation mm-hmm. yeah I I don't think he's still the MVP front runner I think that may be Patrick Mahomes honestly just because he's been more consistently good and put up all various stats as well um, but there's still plenty of time to turn around I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson um, ends up being the MVP at the end of the year mm-hmm Uh, So I sort of touched on this earlier, but what does this game tell you more about? The Bills offense who put up 44 points or the Seahawks defense that allowed 44 points? Uh, Man, I don't know. I guess if I had to choose one of those, probably Seahawks defense. I feel like I always kind of knew, or not me. Actually, I, I did. A lot of talk was about you know, Josh Allen's pretty good. The Bills' offense is pretty good. Just kind of got to show it, I guess. But the Seahawks' defense, in my mind, there was more questions about them. And uh, I don't know. I was shocked to see them give up 44 points mm-hmm. to the Bills. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, sorry. No, I'm done. Sorry. Okay, all good. Um. Yeah, I think despite the incredible year that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense is having, it might be their defense that prevents them from getting the title. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I, I agree with you that this game is very revealing about how uh, how unfortunate the Seahawks have or been performing on defense. So, so yeah, that will be fun uh, fun to watch moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next uh, next game worth discussing. We did the Chiefs Panthers games where the Chiefs won thirty one uh, thirty three. Excuse me, thirty one. How much trust does Matt Rule have in kicker Joey Sly? Um, too much, I think. Like, I trust Joey Sly, but he's given him several opportunities to uh, to win games late. Um, in New Orleans, he had a 65-yard kick that would have uh, tied the game with about two minutes to play, and he was so close on that. And then this week he had a 67-yarder, which, mind you, is three yards longer than the NFL record to win the game. Um, it didn't work, but still, I don't know. That's that's almost too much trust. Can anyone kick at 67? Uh, maybe Tucker, if he, if all things went perfectly. Yeah, that's where my mind went to, honestly. Yeah, but all these long kicks are super hard, A, because they're really far. But also the margin of error is so small because the field goal posts are so close together, you really almost have to have the perfect kick. Mm-hmm. Just any little way, it'll, it'll, just, it'll look worse than it may have actually been for a shorter kick. Um, but if I were in that situation, gosh, 67 is too far, I think. I probably just done a, a Hail Mary, especially if I had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, in that situation, like, honestly, 67 sounds like a lot, and who knows if he could have made it, but if you look at the Panthers, I don't think that their receiving core is super tall. Like, they're more built off of speed. So I understand this decision, I guess. Um I could be completely wrong about the Panthers' height thing, but um, I don't know. I, I understand it. I'm not certain what I would do in that situation, though. Yeah. I mean, they could just put in Joseph Charlton. He's 6'5", just heaved it to him. Yeah. That could, have been, that could have been interesting. That would have been incredible. Like, we would have had to completely <laughs> shut the show down if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> crazy times call for crazy measures. Anyway. That, yeah. That they do. Um, all right, so let's move on to this next one here. Raiders 31, Chargers 26. Uh, which do you think is more difficult, to be a Falcons fan or to be a Chargers fan? <laughs> I'm going to say a Falcons fan because they've, they're all, I feel like they've been pretty good. They're always really close. It's just the big games they haven't done well. Yeah, this year they might just not be great overall but I just think I feel like for a long time the Chargers were just mediocre forever and that's just kind of what you can't expect and accepted it mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, go with a Chargers fan for this one because like as you mentioned with the Falcons they have the historically like bad games like I don't know they're, if I had to sum it up in you know two numbers I think that the numbers would be 3 and 28. However, um, 
with the Chargers, like you said, it's just eternal mediocrity. Like you can pretty much guarantee every year that you go eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine, and finish just outside the playoffs or lose in the first round. And after so many years of that, that's just got to be really frustrating. Which maybe, like in all honesty, this might be a good thing that they're having a subpar year so that they can get uh, more weapons around uh, Justin Herbert in the draft. Mm. That's a good point. Do you think the NFL has the best replay review system in the world? So the reason that we're talking about this is on the very last play, the Chargers had a jump ball in the end zone, and it was called as a touchdown. However, the replay review clearly showed that it was incomplete, and uh, they went and checked with it, they confirmed it, and they overturned the call correctly. I'm going to say yes. Um, Like with soccer, the first thing that I can think of is like VAR, and that's just so controversial. Like you can't understand the thought process behind the decisions and stuff and then with other american sports like hockey um the i don't know it just just seems like it's a lot left up to opinion so i will say yes they do have a great replay review system i agree though first one that i thought it was var i think i just read something recently that a guy was called off sides because his arm was like he was raising it for a pass but the arm was past the defender, and so they called him offsides. It's just stuff like that that's like, you know, why? Yeah. <laughs> so I do think NFL has the best replay review system in the world. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, you can't play the ball with your arm in soccer. He should have definitely been on, but that is yeah. that is frustrating. But all right, we'll, we'll hop to the next, uh, the next matchup. It was the Steelers who beat the Cowboys by a score of 24-19. to uh, When Andy Dalton comes back, who's going to be the starting quarterback in Dallas? Oh, man. I'm going to say probably Andy Dalton, in all honesty, just because they're more committed to him financially. That's fair. I mean, from watching that game, though, or at least a little part of it, I thought that uh, Garrett Gilbert, he had the uh, Cowboys offense looking the best that it had since uh, Dak Prescott went out. Um, Like, with Andy Dalton, the offense, it just wasn't really on the same page. And I guess we only had maybe two weeks of that. But but still, um, the fact that he was able to come in pretty much cold with only five or six days to prepare and still did that good against the great defense that is the uh, the Steel Curtain. I like Garrett Gilbert moving forward for Dallas. Yeah, he, he did play a pretty solid game, especially like you said, only given five to six days really to prepare. But this is the first time the Steelers have been 8-0 ever. What do you think is different about this team? Honestly, I can't really put my finger on it. Like, their running game is not phenomenal. Their quarterback play is just fine. Maybe it's the receivers, I guess. Um, the, uh, I, don't, I don't know, there's Juju Smith-Schuster, there's uh, Chase Claypool, there's uh, Washington, James Washington, I think. I, I don't remember his first name, but 
it's a pretty young receiving core, and they just look really, really good, I guess. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. One thing, what's different about this team is that their team, if that makes sense. I think they play really well together, feed off each other. There aren't as many egos looking at you, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that makes it a little easier to work together. And uh, other than that, gosh, I can't really think of, I guess, any way to put my finger on one exact thing, except that maybe they're just really solid and they work well together. Yeah, I understand that, like the intangibles, I guess you would say. So let's, yeah. let's close out the uh, games worth discussing with this one that none of us saw coming. Saints 38, Buccaneers 3. What in the world happened? Well, when I was watching it, I almost felt like the Buccaneers didn't really have much of a game plan, specifically on offense. Um it just kind of seemed like they were doing the same old thing. They weren't having guys in motion. They weren't, I guess, mixing it up. But just the same stuff. Um, and I think Brady needs to be protected better. That's huge. When he's kind of the, the center piece of your whole team, really, protection of him needs to be a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... I guess one thing that happened wrong is, um, like, they did the uh, the Buccaneers, they did not even try to establish a running game, which maybe that was their game plan. If so, it was a, it was a total flop, but they uh, ran the ball five times, which is an NFL record low, and that's not even accurate because one of those runs was a kneel down at the end of the game. So four actual rushes throughout the entire game. That's, I don't know, I feel like you got to establish the run to open up the pass, at least sometimes. So they should have focused a little bit more on that to try and open things up a bit more. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Establishing the run game is huge. So is this the case of, you know, some teams just have other teams' numbers, or do we need to be afraid of the Saints? Yeah, so this is the first time that Tom Brady has been swept by a division opponent in his entire 19-year career. So you got to wonder if maybe some teams or maybe the Saints just know how to beat this year's Buccaneers. But uh, I'm going to say the the opposite, actually. Um, If you can put up 38 points on a team and then all but shut them out, I don't know. That's just really scary, especially when the team that you did that on is the Buccaneers, who a couple of weeks ago people were heralding as like, oh, this is the best team in the NFL, hands down. Wow. Right. Yeah, my my thing with the Saints, though, is I don't know whether we're going to get the team that lost to the Raiders or the team that put up 38 points and only gave up three against the Buccaneers. You know, I think they definitely have the potential to go very far in the playoffs. I just really have no idea if they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess consistent consistency, sorry, is the issue there. 